0: Alright, right, here we go. Born in New Zealand in 64, a hot-headed actor named Russell Crowe. He loves to act, but he loves one thing more, fighting round the world. He fights his directors, and he fights his fans. It's a problem no one understands. If there's two things he loves, it's fighting and fighting round the world. Making movies, making music, and fighting round everybody, I'm Russell Crowe, and this is fighting around the world. We're going to have lots of fun today as we travel all around and look for some good... Hey, what the hell do you think you're doing? You walked right through my shot, mate. Do you know who I am? Oh, excuse me, I was just... (coughs) Goddamn smartass! Lights, camera, action, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I'm Ross Bacon, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And as you should know by now, we're two dudes drinking. drink. We talk about movies now. We are in week three of Difficult Actors Month. And this time, we have a difficult actor who's basically difficult because he's an intense, not method actor, but an intense guy who likes to get into character. But off screen has a bit of a temper. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about, obviously, legendary Russell Crowe. And we will be discussing his amazing movie from 2000, Gladiator. And then we will be talking about I think the sleeper hit of 2020, which was the better than it deserved to be, Unhinged.
1: Oh (laughs) my! And it's like entirely because of Russell too.
0: Oh, absolutely! Oh, yeah. There is no one else bringing anything to the table except Jimmy Simpson, and he is only in the movie for spoiler alert about a scene. So, before we get into that, though, we need to talk about what we're drinking. So, Mike, what do you got?
1: All right. So, Unhinged made me decide to break out the cauldron again. Nice. Cauldron hasn't been broken out in a while. Of course. And we are doing an unhinged combination of beers. So, we're doing orange banana fluff from axe and arrow sour ale and demon of the sea imperial hazy ipa okay i have no idea how these completely opposite side of the spectrum ales should mix but
0: right if they mix at all it's not bad yeah
1: it's not great it's not bad (laughs) It's not terrible.
0: I don't think I'll die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those mixtures where I'm going to be like fighting through it.
0: Right. You're not but there's to be no synergy
1: there. It's just... They're just kind of mixed.
0: You're not going to be petitioning the two to collaborate and make it a, an official thing?
1: <laughs> no. No. Forgotten Boardwalk and hour you can skip that combo.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, come up with a different uh, combination for them. But, uh... All right. So... On the other hand, went back to Total Wine, which I probably won't be doing for a while because they don't seem to be changing over their beers like they usually do. Uh, I mean, the seasonals are still the winter warmers, for Christ's sake. So I don't think I'll be going back there for a little while. But this time I did manage to craft a five pack, actually, because the sixth beer I had apparently was sitting on the shelf as a loose beer. But it was not sold as a loose beer. So I would have had to pay like 15 bucks for it, you know, or buy the full six pack of a beer. I had no idea what it was. So I didn't do that. So I just told uh, the cash register lady to keep it and I got my five. And then even before I got in the building, there was like a fight in the parking lot, which (laughs) in Cherry Hill just doesn't happen unless it's like a late Saturday night coming out of Lowe's, you know, where there's a bunch of teenagers getting in fights. But these are like four grown adults like fighting each other. And it was. It was annoying.
1: You know, that's, that's on brand for this week of movies. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. It's like, where do you think you are? You know, it's like, what do you think you're doing here? And, but I got, uh, I went to, apparently this one's from Springhouse Brewing Company, which is in Lancaster, PA. And they, the little can here is kind of funny because it says unexcelled since 2006. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, <laughs> but this is their Springer. Uh, famous red rose premium beer and it's made from choice materials apparently um contains 16 fluid ounces of 4.8% alcohol per volume and it's just kind of like a an ale you know it's i, I don't i don't know what to call it cuz they don't say what it is they just say it's a beer you know they don't say if it's any kind of beer but it's just a gold like
1: <laughs> it's like that beer i'm not
0: sure what kind of beer but it's beer <laughs> Right. It tastes like a lager and a pill, like maybe a pilsner or a lager. I don't know. You got to tell me what I'm drinking so I can like, know what to expect. But it's pretty good. It's uh, pretty good. So <clears throat> now on to the man of the hour. The legendary Russell Crowe, best actor, winner, Russell Crowe for uh, Gladiator. And um, yeah, so we've talked about Sharon Stone. Who we determined was only really difficult and guilty of being reasonable. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and then we talked about Mike Myers, who we all we both agree is a complete dick. Um, and now we're talking about Russell Crowe. So there are been there have been a lot like this, like Gladiator was one of the movies where people were kind of like, wow, that dude's kind of difficult to work with. But apparently it turns out he's just intense, and Ridley Scott being the crazy like perfectionist that he is. Kind of like rubbed he like the two of them together like the wrong way, so that's why like Russell Crowe was kind of like a little bit, but he was just like frustrated the whole time filming. But he channeled from a lot of everybody that took that worked with him pretty much says he put that into the character. It's you can obviously tell because you know he's amazing in it and he won best actor for it. But between 1999, I'm just going to read his Wikipedia page for this because I didn't bother to try to figure out the research because he's got a few incidents. Between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand five, he was involved in four altercations that gave him a reputation for having a bad bad temper. The first of which was in '99, which would have been right while he, probably while he was filming this movie. He was involved in a scuffle at uh the plantation hotel in Coff's Harbor, which I think is in New Zealand, uh, which was caught or Australia, which was caught on a security camera, and apparently the whole case, like, the court case became about these two guys trying to blackmail him with, like, the footage of it, and apparently they got acquitted, and everybody was like, whatever. So, then, in 2002, part of Crowe's appearance at the BAFTA Awards was cut out uh, to fit into a BBC tape delay broadcast, and apparently he used, like, strong language during an argument with a producer, and there was a lot of, like, weird stuff that happened but apparently part of like a tribute to Richard Harris who plays uh, Marcus Aurelius in this uh, or Emperor Dumbledore as I was calling him <laughs> <laughs> apparently there was a like a, a piece that was going to be dedicated to him and it was cut for copyright reasons and apparently it had something to do with the argument that Crow is having as well and apparently it was like it it apparently led to some shit going on that this like tribute got cut because of that. And it was like, okay, that's weird. And he apologized. He's like, I was a little more passionate than I had done uh than um than right now. But you know, i maybe said some things I shouldn't have, whatever. So it's not like he was like, fuck that guy. Like he owned up to it. And then there's uh two thousand again in two thousand two, like he was in a brawl with this like businessman in London, um, and it's a restaurant. And apparently he just got in a fight with a guy, you know, he just got in a fight with a dude. So it's like, all right, whatever.
1: This is where the uh, the South Park episode where it's a uh, Russell Crowe fighting around the world. comes yep, in.
0: Exactly. Because then in 2005 was when the phone incident happened. And that's when he threw a, f- a telephone at a hotel concierge <laughs> who <laughs> apparently refused to help him place a call when the system didn't work from um, Russell Crowe's room. So he went crazy. He had a uh, charge with fourth degree criminal possession of a weapon, which was wh- help, Wikipedia helpfully adds was the telephone. <laughs> I like that. They have to add that. <laughs> yes. The telephone was the weapon, but uh, apparently the dude like got a cut to his face or whatever. And Russell Crowe has, it's like this pretty famous, like perp walk picture where he's like being walked out by the NYPD and all that. And, uh, it's it's pretty funny and then apparently that per, that whole perp walk was a potential violation of his rights and there's all kinds of crazy shit going on and he even said that it was like the most shameful thing he's ever done like he's owned up to it so at least Russell Crowe has like owned up to all of the difficult shit and off-screen antics of that he's had and apparently the most recent one was a couple months ago in 2023 where he and his partner, Brittany Tarot or Therio were refused service at a restaurant in Melbourne. And Melbourne. apparently... Come what, on, it's Melbourne, Melbourne. Melbourne. And apparently he was wearing a polo shirt, which was, you know, not in line with the dress code or something. And the, the maitre d' like kicked him out. But apparently the owner was like, it was like, no, did you know who that was? That was fucking Russell Crowe. You know, it's like... <laughs> I think we can bend the rules for that guy you know <laughs> but apparently they were invited back to restaurant after uh the owner realized who what was going on and <laughs> they don't mention if the minority was you know subjectly like executed in town square which he should have been because how <laughs> dare you how dare you sir this is yeah. the star of unhinged at that point
1: i was trying really hard to find an australian beer to drink for tonight or a new like I don't think there's that many New Zealand beers you could get here, but I was trying to find. Yeah, I had my experience with Australian beers living there when I was nineteen. You know, drinking age in the U.S. twenty-one, drinking age in Australia eighteen, so got a little taste of that. But it's like impossible to find anything besides Foster's.
0: Well, just say it's like Foster's and what four X is the other one or something.
1: Um uh, VB VB, VB. Is, big, is a big one.
0: Nice, yeah. I just remember I had a friend who, uh a friend in high school, she went there for like a semester or something like that. She came back and I got a t-shirt from uh 4X was the beer. It was 4X beer. It was a big bright yellow t-shirt. I love it. And,
1: J- James Squire was my favorite like Australian brewery, but they you can't find that anywhere in the U.S. You might get lucky and find VB.
0: Nice, nice. But yeah, I mean, it's like. Total Wine would have it in the import section, possibly, but they really just focus on, like, European beers and, like, Asian beers. Like, you can't find any of the niche. No one's giving you Victoria bitters. Yeah, I mean, it's like, Australia is known for, like, drinking, so, like, why wouldn't their, like, international Uh, beer scene be a little better? The
1: only place I've ever found Australian beer besides fosters was um and they don't even drink fosters
0: well fosters is like the american like australian for beer (laughs) it's like it's like they're it's probably like their um like schlitz
1: (laughs) (laughs) um but the only place i found vb was at epcot during their beer and wine festival
0: nice yeah and uh yeah man drink like we went to disney a couple years ago and uh yeah just they're just drinking around the world and disney is so much better now like when you're an adult and can actually drink an epcot it's so much better epcot sucks if you're under 21 it really does
1: (laughs) maybe the guardians of the galaxy ride helped it a bit i don't know i
0: was gonna say i don't the guardians of the galaxy ride wasn't there when i was there so it's
1: relatively new i think last year
0: yeah, we were there for the uh, 50th anniversary, which I think was the end of 2020 or 2021, one of the two. But, um,
1: yeah. In fact, the first drink I had when I was in Australia, we were at a bar and um, a bunch of natives bought us shots of Zambuca black.
0: <laughs> is that like more black licorice tasting than, than a regular Zambuca? <laughs>
1: I, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> but, or is that like Johnny Walker, where like I'm sure somebody out there knows the real difference between all the different colors, but I think they're all the same. You know, I think they're all just
1: there's like an aging difference. Like Johnny Walker, you could take Johnny Walker Red tastes like garbage compared to any other Johnny Walker.
0: Yeah, I know i've I've had I've had blue, black.
1: Blue's the best.
0: Yeah, I've had blue, black, and the the Game of Thrones one, whatever that one was. The white. I've I've had a couple. the, The
1: Game of Thrones ones are good.
0: Yeah, Game of Thrones was. Uh, yeah, they those like because then there was like the Om Gang beers that they had; those were pretty good too. But uh, we're not here to talk about that, Mike. We're here to talk about Russell Crowe. <laughs> so and him
1: fighting around the world.
0: Yep, and fighting around the world, and, and his
1: uh, R and B album. <laughs>
0: oh yeah jesus <laughs> I, mean, I would rather listen to that than fucking Bruce willis's uh like blues album or whatever the fuck that was like bruno why, why don't
1: we, we you know this episode of the podcast should just be russell crowe singing and lame is
0: oh yeah jesus yeah i mean follow your passions dude but come on someone's gotta tell you now but we've already talked about one of the better obviously not gladiator good but We've already talked about the nice guys uh, on this podcast, which he's great in, which was, I think, 2017, it might have been.
1: Yeah, that movie is great.
0: Yeah, it's him and Ross, him and uh, Brian Gosling. It's it's great. He's great. But he's like, we'll get to it in Unhinged. That's like his, that's like the pre-life of Tom Cooper in Unhinged. You know, it's like his character in the nice guys in the 70s is kind of like, would eventually grow up to be, you know, would age up to be Tom Cooper in the 2020s, you know, <laughs> but because he would put on another 200 pounds and he mm-hmm. would, uh, he would just be a nightmare, you know. But 2000 Gladi- uh, Gladiator, 2000 Russell Crowe, well, with Ridley, legendary Ridley Scott, best picture, best actor, all kinds of craziness. I mean, this movie is, I forgot how good it was, like, I forgot how really it, was
1: I was. Like going into this, I had, I love Gladiator, really. Um, it's just epic from start to finish.
0: It really is. It really is, yeah. And then especially like, just that opening scene, you know, with the at my signal and held. You know, mm-hmm. the crazy like German dude like coming up with the head in his hand, just chucking it. You know, it's it's like oh shit's gonna go down. Then of course you get that gritty ass Ridley Scott like battle you know and you're like oh man this is insane and,
1: and then, then it gets even like the battle at the start is awesome but once you get to like the gladiator battles it's even better because like yeah. it's like so well choreographed and just everything about this movie is epic
0: <laughs> yeah it, it really is and that's that's Ridley Scott for you right there you know that's that's really all all Ridley Scott and then of course you get uh Emperor Dumbledore watching the whole time and uh then there's, I mean, I I was fun because it's Emperor Dumbledore, and then there's Emperor Bitch follows him, uh, which was Joaquin Phoenix. Who, again, Joaquin Phoenix. It's like of all the people of this movie to be, get the difficult story, why wasn't it Joaquin Phoenix? Because that dude's got them now. You know, it's like yeah. everyone finding out that that dude's just kind of nuts. You know, <laughs> he's just kind of crazy, but he yeah, I, uh,
1: he Commodus is one of the my favorite characters to hate.
0: Oh, yeah. I fucking right that with, guy. He's like he's, adult Joffrey, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, I will say, he at least, when he kills his father, like, him just saying, like, I just wanted you to love me, dude.
0: Emperor bitch crying about uh big swinging dick Maximus being a real man, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... I, I don't know. It's... there. This movie's got so many, like... People in it, like Jaimon Hansu is in it. You got um, what's his damn name, Rolf Muller, I think his name is. Um, and then of course there's fucking Svenel Thorson shows up. <laughs> when Svenel Thorson showed up as like the undefeated gladiator coming out of retirement, I almost fell over. I was like, "There's no way that that is Svenel Thorson. What the hell are we yeah. doing here?" <laughs> but. I mean, of course, there's Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, and there's Connie Niel- Nielsen, who, if if she wasn't born to play some sort of, like, Roman uh, or Amazon queen, like, she seems to always play, because <laughs> she's Hippolyta and Wonder Woman, you know? And she's amazing. There's Oliver Reed as Proximo is great. Of course, Emperor Dumbledore. Uh, Derek Jacobi as Gracchus is great. Diamond Hanzo is Juba. Um... And then there's the dudes who I think were, like, just transplanted out of time to play Roman Senators, where we got David Schofield as Falco, John Shrapnel as Gaius, and then there's Thomas Arana as Quintus. Now, all these dudes, you look at them and you go, there's, like, Roman busts somewhere of these dudes faces like with like different roman names on either because there's it's, there are historical figures that it's look kind like of people.
1: ironic because you they show like people doing like the ai recreation of what the roman faces would look like and they're just like dudes they're, yeah, just, dudes. they're just guys i mean they're italians
0: they're just fucking italian dudes you know and yeah rolf Mahler is hagen now my favorite and it's 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 become retroactively my favorite character has become Lucius because Lucius is Commodus is nephew. It's not his son; it's Connie Nielsen's son. But do you remember we have talked about a current movie featuring Spencer Treat Clark? Do you remember what movie it was?
1: Um,
0: we talked about it recently. <laughs> I would say well, recently as in the end of last year. And weird our, he's from Weird. He's one of Al's Weird House friends in that movie. <laughs> so that's why, like, seeing him in anything as a kid, I was like, "Oh, that guy's gonna give me a weird later in his career." Yeah, <laughs> you know, Tommy Flanagan is Cicero, and then Svenel Thorson as Tigress or Tigris or whatever, and Tony Curran randomly shows up as an assassin. You know, it's there's so many people in this. You're like, wow that's crazy you know <laughs> it's like
1: i didn't know all these people were in this movie yeah and i mean so russell crowe absolutely i don't know who he was up against for the oscar this year but his performance in this is incredible
0: uh yeah
1: keep uh keep talking
0: i'll pull it up
1: um so his obviously you have the are you are you not entertained are you right <laughs> Like, he knows exactly who he's playing. Is this not why you are here? And him versus Joaquin Phoenix, like, just the dichotomy of the two where he's, like, brave, warrior, military power, like, versus Joaquin's bitch ass.
0: (laughs) Just a little emperor bitch, yeah. Okay, so the 73rd Academy Awards, they were held uh, March 25th, 2001 gladiator had the most awards and most nominations uh the duration of the ceremony was a brisk three hours and 23 minutes um all right so here we go winners and nominees we got our hold on where's god damn it i hate how i hate how wikipedia does this they list everybody first and then they give you the actual nominees all right so best picture gladiator beat out Lot, crouching tiger hidden dragon Aaron brockovich and traffic
1: I will say, I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but going in, like, I can't expect it to beat Gladiator. Like, I might rather watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon on some nights, but I I think Gladiator deserved it.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, Ridley Scott lost to Steven Soderbergh for Traffic. Um Angley also nominated. All right, so here we go. Best Actor. Russell Crowe from Gladiator as General Maximus Desmus Meridius beat out Javier Bardem as Reynaldo Arenas in Before Night Falls. Don't know what that movie is. Never
1: seen that movie.
0: (laughs) Beat out Tom Hanks in Castaway. Beat Ed Harris in Pollock, where he played Jackson Pollock. And he also beat out Jeffrey Rush in Quills as the Marquis de Sade. Or, as Brad Pitt would say in Seven, the Marquis de Sade. And here we go. I'm trying to say, uh, Connie was not nominated for um, Gladiator. Uh, best supporting. Okay, so Joaquin Phoenix lost Best Supporting to Benicio del Toro for Traffic. Uh, he was also in line with Jeff Bridges in The Contender, Willem Defoe in Shadow of the Vampire, and Albert Finney in Aaron Brockovich and uh let's see is there anything well, else considering
1: i've never seen any of the other uh best actor nominations i'm gonna go with uh russell crowe deserved it oh yeah
0: he absolutely deserved it and uh i mean that hans zimmer score too was also nominated and it oh yeah that a, so yeah.
1: hans zimmer brings it when it comes yeah. to epic
0: yeah and then it was uh he he lost to crouching tiger hidden dragon for uh tan dunn beat him or tan dunn and then uh it did win best sound though. Uh but yeah, it's 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 such a great ass movie, and you can always tell a movie's gonna be good by the degree of violence inflicted on a child early in the movie. <laughs> When Maximus's son gets taken out by that horse, it is laughable and an applause-worthy break. You know, <laughs> oh, this kid gets wrecked by this horse.
1: <laughs> you know, Ross, it's good we're it's good we're recording this on Mother's Day and not Father's Day. <laughs> You're
0: damn right. Yeah, but I mean, it's great. Like when like look at Face Off, they ice that kid f- opening scene, and it's amazing. You know, if if you're killing a kid early, odds are your movie's gonna be fairly decent, you know? And Ridley Scott is the king of that. He's the king of epic. So the kid's gonna get bodied by a fucking horse, you
1: know. And just Imagine they redo Star Wars, but Lucas who gets killed early, and Uncle Owen saves it. Imagine <laughs> like... that
0: shit. Yeah, that'd be fucking wild. But um But yeah, and then there's uh oh God, there's there's just Proximos. Proximo's argument with the dude, where he's like, "You sold me queer giraffes." <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's all these little nuances, things that you know that's what this dude would be talking about, too. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, like they. This movie oddly does make me laugh occasionally. <laughs> oh,
0: there's some great laugh lines. You know, there's uh, most of it, most of it's like not okay. Applause break. Like hold, hold for laughter. But there is, there is some great shit. Like you know, uh, and then of course, like every little like casual laugh at that. You do get the legendary lines, like the "Are you not entertained? Is this not why you're here?" aspect of it. The and then the um the whole uh, uh, fuck me. I had it written down, this is why I just need, uh, I just need like constantly scrolling through my notes, but. There's just pretty much, oh, the whole speech that he gives when he reveals himself to Commodus, you know? It's, you know, it's like, who are you? Take off your helmet. And he, he turns, the helmet's still on. He's, I am Maxis, Decimus Meridius, Commander of the armies of the North. You know, all that shit. He's like, loyal to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius, and all that. He should have been like, loyal to the true Emperor, me, <laughs> because that's who he said was going to be next. <laughs> I was having a little personal crisis because I'm a character, not a whiny bitch. <laughs> but then you went and smothered him, so. Oops. <laughs>
1: Oh god and so what some of the best line delivery in this movie is when uh, is when Commodus is talking to Maximus and he's like he's like you loved my father so did I that makes us brothers smile for me now brother
0: that's yeah, like yeah it doesn't <laughs> it don't dog <laughs> he going to kill you <laughs> but uh it's funny but like a mortally wounded you know Russell Crowe not the hulking monster that he is in unhinged or even like the sort of hulking monster he is in the nice guys like he's just jacked in this but it's like he would still completely destroy joaquin phoenix in that fight you know even with the punctured lung you know
1: (laughs) god i'm like i'm trying to imagine like if Russell Crowe just fought Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I feel like I feel like Crowe would just go in like, street brawler style, and then for some reason, Joaquin Phoenix would be like, um, oh god, what's the Brazilian dance fighting?
0: Copiera, or whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's what would happen.
0: He would just be hopping around. (laughs) He'd be like that scene in Bloodsport.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He would be like, um, oh god, the character from Tekken. Eddie? Eddie, Eddie from Tekken.
0: Eddie ruled. I used to love playing with Eddie. He was such of course
1: a play as Eddie. Funny. He was the cheesiest character. He was
0: such a nut. You could just do whatever, and he'd flip around. It was like, all
1: right. Yeah, do. you could do whatever, and no one would ever be able to hit you because you're like all over the place.
0: He was weak as shit, though. Like when he did play a hit, it wouldn't wouldn't do anything because he's fucking flopping around like a fish. But yeah, and then it's 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 just it's it's so funny because then there's Jaiman Hansu who. Gets like this really great like supporting friend role, and it's funny because when we're first introduced to Maximus, well, when Maximus is first introduced to the slaves, um, after he's been picked up after basically dying, you know, on his in front is like the the feet of his dead wife and kid, and okay, first of all, trampling the kid like that and then stringing him up—that's just excess, you know—that's just excess, and he was when. When Commodus tries to get Maximus to like bite at the whole, your wife moaned like a horse, they ravaged her or all that. He does say that your son screamed like a girl, or whatever. It's like, you know, he didn't. He was fucking dead. <laughs> you know? He got absolutely massacred by that horse. There is no way he was alive after that.
1: <laughs> but, you know, that was that was an insta-kill.
0: <laughs> right. But then it's funny. The scale because,
1: of slow death to Terry from Final Destination oh, is yeah. like. <laughs>
0: It's, 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 it's funny because it's like, you see it coming, but then the hit is so sudden. It's like, okay, wait, 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 boom, Terry suddenly. (laughs) So it's like, it's like a slow burn to Terry, you know, (laughs) right there. But it's funny because Jim and Hans is like, we, we see uh, Maximus is being carried and he's like floating in and out of consciousness. He's got this big sword wound on his arm. And there's maggots like crawling in and out of it. And he goes to like touch it. And he's like, and John is like, no, they will clean it. You'll see. And he blacks out again. He wakes back up and it's like packed with whatever, like grain or something like that. I forget what it's packed with, but it's, it's packed in there. He's like, yeah, you see, it's better now clean, you see. And then it, it would be great if Russell Crowe's first reaction was, yeah, great. Um, Who cut and stylized my hair while I was unconscious? (laughs) That's what I really want to know. Because I entered here with scraggly hair and a fucked
1: up beard, and now I am, I am, you know, fashionable. (laughs) It was um, it was Stan Lee and Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) Right, right. He gave him the old. uh, He gave him the Thor. (laughs) Um, you see, there's a Gladiator
0: two scheduled for. I did see that. Um, did you see who the star
1: is? Pedro Pascal? <laughs> Pedro Pascal. That dude's everywhere. But I mean he's he is the it man in Hollywood now. Right, but why does
0: this movie need a sequel? Why can't you just make a different movie? There they're, th- well, they're this like, movie well, story we're is over a movie
1: about gladiators. Shit, we can't call it gladiator.
0: Right. And we can't what was the one um what was the one that they tried to turn into like Gladiator with uh, what's his name with Jon Snow? Oh, Pompeii. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't they, they tried to turn that into fucking something? I was like, wait, what are we doing? But they could have just done. It.
1: <laughs> Should we call it Coliseum? No, right. that doesn't have the same ring to it. How about Gladiator Two? Gladiator Two. Bring in the link. It to Gladiator.
0: <laughs> just make it Gladiator as well, you know. But yeah, it's like th- this story ends because Maximus dies and everyone involved is dead and the people are taking over to there's nothing left to continue with this you know it's like what
1: are you gonna do like right now the people that seem to be in it are Pedro Pascal Paul Mescal as Lucius Denzel Washington fucking Denzel who's Denzel gonna be I don't know uh Connie Nielsen as Lucilla or Lucilla What what?
0: Why is she why? Why is why is she back as her character?
1: And then doesn't make any sense. John Monhan Su is coming back.
0: Of course he is. He's available. But like if you're reading that to me, and I'm assuming Pedro Pascal is the gladiator, because Denzel's too old at this point, he's gotta be like the Marcus Aurelius character or the emperor that's like That Pedro Pascal is fighting against Like there's no way he's Anything Uh,
1: So Joseph Quinn is listed as Emperor Caracalla
0: So who the hell is Fucking what Denzel
1: He's gonna be like the old man That helps uh, Is he gonna be Proximo (laughs) Is he gonna be talking about the queer giraffes (laughs) He might be
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to hear Denzel Try that accent I really do I mean (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean, talk about movies that don't need sequels, you know?
1: It's well, they, nothing should, was they, left. they should just make a Gladiator movie with Pedro Pascal and... Yeah, just make a separate movie, you know, and just... Listen, if, Draymond, if Draymond's in it and uh, he's playing relatively the same character, we're not going to question
0: it. No one's going to care, but, like, it could be, like, you know, a side story. It could be, like, a story that happens slightly later where... Simon Hunter's character, you know, ran and fallow some people and got thrown back into that life. You know, it's God. What a what a what a dumb movie to have a sequel to. You know, especially one as perfect and great as Gladiator. You know, it's granted some of the history in this movie is about as accurate as history of the world, but that was like on purpose for Ridley Scott because a lot of the realities would have been boring as hell. You know, so he kind of amped it up for Hollywood because it's Hollywood. You know. But what are we, what are we, what, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> are you not entertained? No, I'm not. <laughs> I am not entertained, Pedro. <laughs> I know that wasn't you in the Mandalorian this season. You weren't anywhere near that, that, that move, that uh, TV show. I knew you were just in a voiceover booth. I'm see your fucking face this time.
1: So Caracalla is also known as Mar- So he's looking like He's going to be the emperor in the movie He is also named Marcus Aurelius Sure, <laughs> sure. This, is, no, this is real history So he's Marcus Aurelius Antonius Better known oh. as the name Caracalla Ah
0: oh, there you go Yeah, Just make him Caligula Like who gives a shit you know
1: So yeah. he, it looks like he's like This is going to be like 50 or 60 years later.
0: Jesus Christ. And then <laughs> how old is Jamin Hans' character going to be? Hey, gonna let be me see. When did Marcus,
1: Marcus Aurelius died in 180 AD. Caracalla came to power in 217 AD. Never mind, like 37 to 40 years later. I
0: was going to say, because if we're doing 50, that means Jamin Hans is going to be like his character from Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> Just an old bearded man living in a cave, you know? But, and then of then of course there's you know, there's the legendary like mask that he has like the gladiator mask that like MF Doom fucking you know copied and all that. So now now there's a DJ or a rapper or whatever with his you know legendary mask on and it's it's so crazy that one of the best kills in this movie is walking phoenix like getting the knife put through his jaw you know it's like yep. oh there we go yeah you know, it's like ah oh, that's, that's satisfying you know that's a real satisfying kill
1: <laughs> and i feel like there's not that many epics anymore and this movie is i know i've said it before epic <laughs> it isn't <It's>, an epic
0: <laughs> and it's that's the thing it's epic in like the story it tells the period it's in and it feels epic but it moves like it really does move. It doesn't feel like two and a half hours. Whereas like epics nowadays, you feel their length. You really do. Even like
1: Troy, which was what? Three or four years later, four years later. I feel like you can feel every second of that movie.
0: And then there's, uh, what was the one that um, Oliver Stone did? Fucking Alexander. Was that it?
1: Yeah. Like that one
0: is like, so long so long like troy is two hours and 43 minutes yeah you feel that shit and then let's see alexander not alexander scars guard i oh, speaking of did you know there's another scars what found out there's another scars guard yeah they have like a younger younger brother huh. yeah and then uh jesus imdb like doesn't want to show me alexander <laughs> so I guess I have to look up Oliver Stone but yeah it's that that's and that's like we'll get into that with um, uh, Unhinged because that movie moves fucking breakneck pace and
1: oh what didn't you know Walter Skarsgård
0: yeah yeah there's another Skarsgård
1: <laughs> I but, uh, thought you were, I was like wait are you talking about Gustav I'm like I didn't remember his name but I knew there were three Skarsgårds but no there's a fourth
0: yeah, dog. There's a there's a lot, and uh, was it was it what the hell? What am I thinking of?
1: What the fuck? What the fuck?
0: But yeah, and it's Colin Farrell. But yeah, it epics nowadays are, and well, the epics nowadays are really just they're left to like the superhero movies, and the well, it's um,
1: kind of sad. Like, yeah,
0: and it's that sucks because anything else that's an epic movie is like. Seemingly left to, uh, what was that movie? Like, they're all like driving in cars with my Japanese father, whatever that movie was that was nominated the like last year for best picture, where it was like three hours of a dude driving in a car, like listening to his dead wife or something. Like, that's allegedly an epic now. That's what people think is an epic now. And I gotta tell you, it's not. That's (laughs) That's just boring,
1: unless there's like. A huge name director tied to it. Studios aren't shelling out the money for any epics outside of superhero movies or right. Star Wars sequels or.
0: Yeah, because they're not guaranteed. Like they're not a guarantee. They they have no faith in the audience wanting to see it anymore. You know, and unless it's got Batman attached to it, like no one's gonna sit for a three hour movie, and unless it's you know Iron Man or End or. I don't know how long Guardians of the Galaxy three is because still haven't seen it. It's I'm sure it's longer than it needs to be, you know. It's, but yeah, Apparently,
1: it's pretty solid.
0: Sure, I've I've heard that you could get rid of a lot of the Sarah McLachlan fucking ASPCA commercials that are in it, <laughs> but you know, just the animal torturing for yeah. You know, thanks James Gunn, that's why I'm going to the movies. I want to see animals being tortured, but apparently, get rid of a lot of that and it would be a lot better. But, yeah, Oliver Stone, 2004, same year as Troy. Alexander, two hours and 55 minutes. I don't think oh, anyone remembers that.
1: That is the Colin Farrell movie with yeah. uh, Rosario and, Dawson, I think. And
0: Angelina Jolie, yeah.
1: And, yeah, that movie was a flop.
0: Long as hell, too, you know? It's supposed to be epic, but it just it didn't have the right chemistry, which... You want intense as hell Russell Crowe to be Maximus in this because he carries this movie. He absolutely carries it. And everyone else is great, but they're there to like support him in the foundation. You know, he's he is carrying this movie and he's amazing in it. And
1: even like some other ones, like you're getting retellings of like Robin Hood that flop and retellings of uh Noah, (laughs) Noah, God, Noah, and uh. That brief period when um people thought the guy from Sons of Anarchy could head a movie with oh my uh, the God. King Arthur movie.
0: What a dark day. What a dark time that was when Hollywood thought that what's his name? Charlie Hunnam, is that who it was? Yeah. When they thought Charlie Hunnam was an actor. I mean
1: I mean he he, was... that he could be solid in a supporting role, like the gentleman.
0: Yeah, I was just saying he was fine, the gentleman, but woof.
1: You can't be your main guy.
0: No, it's like no, you got you got to go, son. But like then you
1: you need a McConaughey and a
0: (laughs) yeah. But I'm looking over Russell Crowe's like filmography here because it all like everyone kind of like looked at it was like Romper Stomper. That's the guy. Like that's the dude. 1992, and then I forgot that he was in. virtuosity that denzel movie where he's like every serial killer come to life in a computer like generated person or whatever but la confidential he's amazing in uh the insider he's amazing proof of life he's got a beautiful mind he's great in master and commander of course another uh fun one cinderella man just fine uh good year 310 to yuma american gangster he's really good in uh speaking of denzel uh, body of Lies, not a great movie, but he's fine. Uh, State of Play, another of those, like, kind of like body of lies movies. But then we go, here we go, 2010, he plays Robin Longstride in Robin Hood. Uh, then he does The Man with the Iron Fist. He has that, like, he's like the villain in that, I think. I think he is the man with the Iron Fist. But, um, Les Mis, uh, Man of Steel as Jor L. Uh, then he's in Noah. He is, at that point, it's like, oh, okay. Now I'm going to take a couple years between movies. Now I'm going to do something called Fathers and Daughters with Amanda Seyfried. Uh, and then I'm going to do The Nice Guys 2016. Uh, then I'm doing, uh, he was, oh, that's right. He was fucking Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll in The Mummy, that Tom Cruise. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I forgot about that shit. Of course, he's in that War Machine movie we talked about with Brad Pitt. That was like, what the hell movie is this? Apparently, he's uncredited in that um then
1: he did that uh that stupid short with uh dundee with
0: yeah yeah with
1: danny mcbride and chris yep. Hemsworth.
0: and of course unhinged which we're about to get into and then he comes back snyder cut jor love thor love and thunder of course he was zeus in that he's a little beefy will- in that
1: I will say like the introduction that uh, Zeus was like one of the spots I didn't mind Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was okay. Yeah, he was all right. But uh and from what I understand the Pope's Exorcist, his most recent movie is apparently one of those like what the hell am I watching kind of movies like <laughs> sort of I'm curious see
1: to see it. I wouldn't go to the movies to see it but I'd watch it. <laughs>
0: i think it's available like it's one of those like prime at home movies i think you can rent but i don't know if it's one of those like 15 bucks to rent it kind of situations um weirdly enough it's not like that movie air like the air jordan story that's now free on prime i mean that's been in that was only in theaters for like what two weeks (laughs) um but yeah but like russell Crowe is just great in gladiator and uh even better in unhinged but we'll get to it so mike how's your beer
1: doing good um Still not my favorite mixture I've done, but not a bad mixture by any means.
0: Nice, nice. My Springer, famous red rose, premium beer from the Spring House, in Lancaster. Very good. All right, now onto the movie that I was expecting to be horrible, but was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Mike, don't don't look at me like that with that goblet, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was doing. I was giving him the when in doubt, pinkies out, and like yeah. just staring him down.
0: Like doing that, uh, the the goblet, the goblet uh, pose again. But um, yeah, 2020. It was a, a COVID release when everybody started going back to the theaters. Unhinged, directed by some dude named Derek Bort- Borte, Nothing else. All right. I was not expecting this movie to start with him killing his ex-wife and her new husband with a hammer and letting the house on fire. Just didn't expect it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> didn't no, see no. it coming. This, this movie... Okay, so is it high art? No. Was I no. entertained from start to finish? Fuck yeah, I was.
0: You're damn right I was. you <laughs> damn right I was. Now, here's the real question. Who exactly was wrong in this situation? I will say... Russell Crowe, okay, so here's the, just for the people who haven't seen him, here's the general setup for this movie. Russell Crowe is a guy, something obviously wrong with him because he hammer kills his ex-wife and, uh, and her current husband and lights their house on fire in the beginning of the movie. Something wrong with this guy. Well, our our main character, Rachel, is chronically late to everything. She's a little bit, having a little bit of a rough patch. She's driving her son to school one day and comes up behind Russell Crowe in this pickup that is uh, this pickup that he drives. And she doesn't know who it is. Whatever, light turns green. He doesn't move. She waits. Cars go around. She lays on her horn to get him to move. He then moves. He catches up to her at a, at the next light. Pulls up next to her. Has the sun roll the window down, and he even says like, "Hey, I'm sorry about that. You know, I I, I was in my own little world." Just a little heads up. Maybe start with a courtesy tap next time, like that little toot toot, like the little brief little, like light touch of the horn to say, "Hey, heads up, green light, you get to go." She flat out refuses to apologize for laying on the horn on him, and things go worse (laughs) from there. Things get (laughs) understatement. Yeah, and things get worse from there. Now the real question is, did he go overboard? Probably, but I am on his side in this situation. Yeah, she
1: she was definitely like, he pulls up. He's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. Maybe next time, just you know, if if she just treats him like a person." There, right, right. This doesn't happen.
0: Nothing. Her life is as shitty as it was before, but she is not running from a murderer. (laughs) You know, she is just trying to put the pieces together, as opposed to finding everyone in her life dead, you know? (laughs) But it, yeah, I was like,
1: poor Andy.
0: (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Fucking Andy. But when she lays on that horn to start, I was like, and obviously we know who's in front of her. So we're like, this is what has to happen. But I'm like, no, no, you do not do that first. You don't lay on the horn first. You always do the courtesy tap first. It's just common sense. And driving in the Northeast that's what you do first. Now, granted, this movie was filmed in Kenner and New Orleans and Louisiana, right outside right in the New Orleans area. Maybe in the South, that's what they do first. But apparently, Russell Crowe's aware enough of the courtesy tap that it's a thing. I'm sorry, in your going South, the big easy, you people should be a lot nicer and you should have courtesy tapped first. The Northeast is where you lay on the horns. And even we know about the courtesy tap and to do that first, you know? <laughs> I am on your side Tom Cooper. <laughs> your methods are strange, but I'm with you.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep, that that uh, that's his one part of the movie where he seems like a person because after that oh god.
0: All he all and the best part is all she had to do was be like, "Yeah, you know, sorry about that." My bad. And he would have been fine. He would have gone to someone ruined someone else's life. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been okay. But the crazy one of the crazier things about this movie is that Russell Crowe has this southern accent the whole time that isn't Cajun. It's not New Orleans Southern. It's it's at best like West Virginia, you know. <laughs> it is not Deep South Southern. <laughs>
1: the length this guy goes to in this movie to, so like I'd be pissed if I was him. Would I go on a murder spree? Well,
0: (laughs) I forget what they say is actually wrong with him. Like why he's taking the hydrocodone. Um, I, cause we get these little news blurbs throughout the movie, but there is one in the beginning um, it's right after the diner scene, which we'll get to in a second. I forget what they say happened to him. Like, he was fired from his job on, like, medical leave or something, and I forget what they say, but I think there's some sort of mental injury or um some sort of injury that caused a mental imbalance or something like that. I forget what they say, but they try to justify it. Like, they at least try to hand wave away like why he's on these painkillers at least and what he
1: is but
0: I forget what it is
1: that's (laughs) so what makes him actually terrifying in this movie is he outright says he's like I don't care if the cops gun me down I'm okay with dying today
0: I believe the exact quote is suicide cop suicide by cop is okay with me I was like, oh,
1: intriguing. This is a man who's not afraid to die. I wonder. Which, you know what? Thinking about it as a writer is fucking genius because that gives him the liberty to do whatever he wants.
0: Whatever. I mean, it kind of... It kind of throws a wrench in the fact that he kill he like will go after he doesn't necessarily try to kill the cop in the one scene, but he does throw a man on fire at him. <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely a distraction or trying to at least sort of burn the guy. <laughs> and yes, I did say he throws a man on fire at someone at this movie. <laughs> Good old what was not That was Andy. No, that wasn't Andy. That was uh Fred. Fred's the one that gets lit on fire. Fred the fucking slacker. But yeah, this movie starts off, like I said, ex wife, new husband are hammer murdered and lit on the house is lit on fire, then explodes. Like, I don't know what the hell they had in their living room that explodes the house like this. But the next thing, next person we see him kill is Jimmy Simpson's character, Andy. And he does it with a, starts off by slashing his, like, smashing his face with a coffee uh, mug. And then he outright stabs him in the neck with, like, a butter knife at a diner. And he just does it so fucking casually. it's completely insane. And then he, Oh no, that's okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. All right. So brief technical difficulties (laughs) aside coming back. The actual first guy he kills is that dude, that good Samaritan at the gas station, you know, where they do just, just trying to help, but does pull the classic, maybe says a line too many to him. (laughs) He does pull the old, just walk away, pal. Just walk away. It's like, yeah, maybe you should have just said, just keep mouth shut and let him go, you know? Yeah. Dude is clearly not right. He's clearly unhinged. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He seems
1: a little hinged. (laughs) He's a little, yeah, a very little hinged. (laughs) Listen, if he was totally unhinged, he wouldn't have given her the chance to apologize. That is true.
0: That is true, yeah.
1: (laughs) So, you know what? She made him completely unhinged. He was a little hinged before that. A little hinged.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He he was mildly hinged. (laughs) Wouldn't it just be hinged? (laughs) He was just hinged.
1: (laughs) Uh, But he's like hinged, like... right, so a door fully hinged. Like, the top hinge is broken off. The bottom hinge, two of the three... uh, Two of the three uh, bolts are out.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is, he's hanging on, but barely hanging on. <laughs>
1: and up. then you yeah, you heard refusing to apologize. That was her taking the hammer to the last bolt, knocking it out. And now, boom, unhinged.
0: Yep, we're done for. But yeah, he, he runs this guy over with his car and like flings him into traffic essentially. The dude gets barreled by another truck going by. And. And then he goes and kills Andy at the diner. He lures and He goes to meet Andy at the diner because she's already called him. They're going to have pancake therapy. And then he goes and just kills him. He pretends to be her friend. He kills him. And she's on the phone with him at the time when it happens. And then he makes her pick who's going to die next from his her contacts because he has her phone. Now, okay, Rachel, our main moron, I'll call her, she has taken the passcode off of her phone Because and this is like direct quote, I almost got in a wreck trying to unlock it last time. So this chick's just always texting on her phone, and she just needs to be able to get to texting. And so she takes the passcodes off. So that's a how Russell Crowe can easily access anything on her phone. But then he starts like moving money around her accounts, and I was like, wait. How does she not have security on those? Yeah, yeah. Where are <laughs>
1: your bank IDs?
0: <laughs> right. How did she pull the how did she pull the security off that? Like that's just irresponsible. <laughs> like you're really asking for it at this point, you know? I'm not trying to blame the victim here, but you kind of wrote it on yourself in that
1: situation. <laughs> basic it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to justify that. <laughs> yeah. Basic passwords. You can use face ID. There's face right. ID. Yeah,
0: you could have used password as your password, and it probably would have taken him longer <laughs> to get in, and you probably could have at least called the cops, you know, from that burner that he left you. <laughs> but there is there's just so much about Rachel where it's like, I don't like you. I don't want you to live. You know, it's I I don't I'm not sympathetic to anything involving you or anyone you love except your son. Your son seems like the kid is just He's he's living his trying to live his life, and mom is just fucking everything up, you know? <laughs>
1: and the last line she delivers when she finally kills him. Dude. Here's your courtesy tap, here's your fucking courtesy tap. She gets a one-liner. Good god. Fuck you! You should have yeah. just given the courtesy tap. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you wouldn't even had to do this. You wouldn't have had to kill him with scissors, you know? He would have never been in this situation. You would have if never just apologized
1: known. to him. You'd go be killing someone else's friends.
0: Yeah, you would have been watching a news report about that man killing other people, him burning his wife's ex wife's house down and with her inside of it. You would have been reading about that on the news, seeing it on the news. You would not have been the other person in the news report, you know? It's just terrible, but. I will say Russell Crowe's method of killing some people is fucking great. When he kills Mary, uh, Fred's fiance, because Fred's like defending himself, holding this big ass butcher knife in front of him. And Russell Crowe has his skinny ass fiance in front of him, like holding her. And what he does, he just keeps pushing her forward into the knife. So Fred just keeps stabbing her. I was like, oh, that's unhinged. And okay. B, Great, <laughs> that is a great
1: damage, right?
0: There. <laughs> that is just awesome, right there. And the one thing I didn't see coming though, and it made me legitimately like my windows were open and everything. My neighborhood probably heard me. I literally let out a Oh, when the cop dies, there's that pile up. He t bones a cop car, and the cop's like, Honestly, he's fine, he's just been turned around. He goes to like radio dispatch, and this cement truck. Comes out of nowhere over the top of the car. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was like fucking final destination, man. It's like final destination two, <laughs> like with the logging truck coming through. I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Didn't see that coming. Just did
1: not see that coming. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's the other thing that I'm like, when she T-bones him, T-Bone's him at the end, he gets out of the car really fucking fast. Where did where did that Prius come from?
0: <laughs> it's not the car she's driving. The car she's driving all day is this Volkswagen this Volvo station wagon. Where did that Prius come from? It's from the neighbor's house. How the hell did she get there? <laughs> That's a that's a good question. The movie does get a little logistically weird of where people are at the end of this movie because her she hides her son in like Anne Frank's closet. You know, there's this weird like safe room behind a closet in her mom's house. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's... But where the hell did the Prius come? She suddenly shows up in this Prius. Which, okay, A, a Prius is not not rolling a fucking minivan like that. It can it just simply can't get to the speeds it needs to.
1: <laughs> and then also, her plan at the end of the movie is garbage. Like, how did okay. she get through the house to get to the sun without him knowing she was in the house until she got to the sun?
0: It's all of that is like, um, maybe movie magic. But then comes the actual fighting between Rachel, a woman who I'm going to say on her best day, holding seven, maybe 80 pounds worth of cinder block is probably a hundred pounds. That's all she is. Russell Crowe is a hulking monster. And he's just throwing
1: her around.
0: He punches her at one point with like full force punching. Her head should have spun around. (laughs) Then at another point, he is full on like kicking her in the chest or like stomping her in the chest. She, for the most part, shrugs it off like nothing. I don't know. I don't believe so. (laughs) His foot is going through your chest cavity, lady. (laughs) It really is.
1: So, okay. I'm trying to work through a thought process here because like she goes up and grabs her son. What's her escape plan?
0: i guess to just run be on the run forever
1: maybe i don't know
0: be on the run Um, forever.
1: would it not be smarter to like all right so say movie magic you went in the back door there's some secret staircase there's a fire escape for some reason on a residential house that you climbed up and went into a bedroom Naturally, naturally why would you not grab a weapon and ambush him and try to fucking kill him it's kind of
0: It kind of harkens back to the very first shot of the movie when Russell Crowe breaks down the door of his ex-wife's house. They come to investigate the door breaking down. He hammers the husband in the face immediately, and the wife just kind of stands there screaming and then runs away. There is a patio door visible down that hallway that she could have run out of <laughs> and run away but saved her life. But no, she must go to the kitchen And just kind of hole up in a bread closet or like a pantry or something. Because then you hear he gets in the kitchen, out of screen, for like a a second or two. And then she starts to scream. It's like, you had so much time to run out the door. (laughs) It's like, what are you
1: doing? Yeah. Yeah, these are just bad, stupid people making bad choices. And frankly, I can't root against Russell Crowe here. (laughs)
0: No, I am absolutely with him on everything. Now, the best part about his, like, motivations, it's not your standard kids these days are entitled or whatever and all that. He really does call Rachel out for what she is, and she is the type of person who seems to be blaming everyone else for her problems. And he calls her on it. And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's like, everyone's like, no one, no one's fault, but no one, no one's fault. Everyone's fault, but yours, you know, and all that. And it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of been her MO this whole time. Like she's casually late taking her son to school yet again. All she does is drop him off at the door. Doesn't even go inside to be like, look, it's my fault. Cause if she, as the son says three tardies equals a detention and all she has to say to that is to the son. How long is detention? It's like, whoa, whoa. No, Mom, you're coming in. You're explaining that you suck. And it was not my fault that I was late. <laughs> it was absolutely your fault because you overslept on the couch, for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is hard to like anyone in this movie. Like I said, except the son.
0: The son, yeah. you just feel sorry for. You're like, come on, man. And that just let him live with his shitty dad you know (laughs) maybe maybe he'll at least find dad's porn or something like that he'll at least have that to look forward to (laughs) granted his dad will never be there because the dude's schedule's allegedly always changing but he at least will be able to get himself to school on time probably yeah (laughs) but yeah so like russell crowe calls him out and i was like wow i mean the only thing he's really wrong about is that he calls out andy for like being like like, the sly, like, fucking Rachel kind of guy. It's he's like, no. Andy just seems like a decent guy that's just her friend who's also kind of fed up with her shit, you know? Yeah. So, I don't... Th- I think because of that, he wouldn't be having sex with her. He'd be like, no. no
1: yeah, no. I think he just killed a dude that <laughs> probably agrees with you a bit.
0: He probably definitely agrees with you. <laughs> you should have just let him live and talked to him a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... The, the whole... Then probably the thing i mean obviously the crazy like movie magic and logic at the end of this movie aside whatever it's a movie the thing that really pissed me off was a her one-liner and then b we get a slowed down taylor swift wannabe version of don't fear the reaper playing over the credits at the end of this movie and it's it's the worst trope that Hollywood is in love with at the like for the last three years, where you take a classic rock song, or you take a song that shouldn't be slowed down, and you you slow it down by some rando McRando, you know, cracker so McWhite. At least girl.
1: Deadpool 2 had had Aha actually do a slowed down version of <laughs> right, exactly.
0: And no, but instead you get like coffee shop McCracker White Girl, like that's the name of this singer, and she's doing she she saw she heard Don't Fear the Reaper, and they were like, hey, can you do like a like a version of that that we can probably tr- hopefully pass off as someone else's work and get some money from this? She's like, oh yeah, sure, I can do that. What do you need me to do? It's like, yeah, just fucking sing it. Doesn't need to be good. You're not talented. Just sing it. <laughs> People will use on the trailer. We'll be fine. But it's it's such a shit. At, at, at a good B movie, basically, you're going to, at the end, you're basically just going to kick us in the nuts. Like, look, we weren't here for high art. We knew we weren't here watching high art. You don't need to pull this bullshit at the end. All right. You could have just had the actual Blue Oyster Cult song. I'm sure they were affordable. <laughs> that song's been sure. so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when you're crowning, your crowning moment is an SNL skit.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm sure they would have let you do it. Or at least, at best, let someone better cover it, you know? There are plenty of good musicians in New Orleans that could have done this a lot better than whatever this idiot girl is that did it. Because her song sucks. It really does. I mean, sure, she might be a nice girl, but she's untalented, at least. With this evidence that I was presented with, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was presented with uh, with at least one piece of evidence, and that evidence points to this conclusion.
0: Right, and it was not strong. Let's say that <laughs> it was it was bad evidence at best. But uh, but again, unhinged. It's very much a recommend in my book, simply <laughs> for the fact that it is not what I thought it was going to be. Like it's you yeah, no, I
1: went in it with it. zero expectations, and you know what. I was happy watching this movie. Right, yeah.
0: Unlike what's going to happen to us next week because I don't, I'm not comfortable, I'm not confident with next week. But Mike, we've done talking about Russell Crowe. Where can people find us on the internet?
1: All right, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Overcast or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Happy Hour Films Podcast. Subscribe to our shit.
0: Yeah. And um, if you're waiting and holding your breath for more content on YouTube, wait for season two of House of the Dragon. That's when we're definitely coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come We'll come up with something since. And if, if the writer strike keeps going, who knows when that'll be. But we'll come up with something to put on there eventually. But um, next week, the regular podcast flows on with our final difficult actor of the month. And we will be talking about someone who got her difficult reputation I believe on her TV show and then it carried over to her movies because the first one that she really did that anyone was pop was happy about seeing she kind of just talked shit about almost immediately and it's kind of like the Brie Larson problem with Marvel where like she almost before the movie was even out she was talking shit about everybody and it was like yeah. well maybe wait for the reviews you know but we'll be talking about Catherine Heigel and We'll be watching Knocked Up, which I don't think is going to hold up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm not confident. In feeling. It. <laughs> I have a weird feeling it's not gonna hold up. But then we're gonna talk about 27 dresses, and my wife will probably be watching that with me just to see the pain and agony it will be causing me. But next week we're gonna talk about our final difficult actor, Catherine Heigl. And until that time, I have been Ross Bacon.
1: I've been Mike McWigan.
0: We'll see you guys next time. So long.